How's everybody doing? We are already in the middle of August. Wow. Yeah, it's just going by quick, isn't it? Pretty soon it'll be fall, and then we'll be telling you about Harvest Party and all of that stuff, and then we'll be having our Christmas tree out. And yeah, <laughs> Scott's Christmas tree. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if Ron Clayton's watching by live, but let's welcome everybody online. God bless you. Ron is our uh, uh, head of our sound back in the back, and he was uh, at the ER last night, and he's doing well, um, so we're believing he's fine and think he might just been a little dehydrated and some stuff has been hot out, but Ron, we love you. You're sure missed when you're not here, but your team is doing well. So, uh, so good, and a lot of things going on. Um, we got people going off to college. There's one over here to my right going to go off to college. Cleveland area, I understand. Does that make you a Browns fan or just? She goes, no, no, no. There's not many of them around. No, no, I'm sorry. There probably is. I do like the Browns. I'm, but, uh, and uh, Roy's daughter uh, is off to Michigan uh, to college. But let's just, let, let's, let's just say a quick prayer and believe God for safety. And you know who else? It's great to pray for the students. But how about the parents? Man, I'll tell you what, when our kids got married, well, not, yeah, but all at once, yeah. Uh, but when, like, you, you're so used to them being in the house, and the next thing you know, like, they're not there. Sam got married, and when he was gone, I came back, and I remember walking and looked in his room. I just started crying. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, she's already cried. But I mean, it's just like, and then you know, then they all get married. Then you know, Mal and all that. And Zach, they're gone. They're, they don't live there anymore. Maddie's still with me, so she is. Uh, she keeps me laughing all the time. Uh, <laughs> she's she's animated, and then she'll be. I'll be like, can you just just tell me? I mean, if you couldn't use your hands, could you speak? Probably not. <laughs> Okay, but let's pray. Let's just believe God. This is going to be good. They're going to be all right, Mama, and they're going to do well, and, uh, and it's going to be all right. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these students that are going to college. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to protect them. It doesn't matter where they go because you're inside. You're around them. You keep them safe. Peace to Mom and Dad, traveling mercies, all of that, and we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Two little boys are fighting at the breakfast table, Tommy and Jimmy. They're fighting over pancakes. And mom says, I've had enough. What would Jesus do? Jimmy says, well, Jesus would probably just give the pancakes away. Tommy says, Jimmy, you be Jesus. (laughs) Well, it's so good to have you here in the house of the Lord. I hope you're learning something. Um, uh, I'm excited to see Dr. Jerry come back. He'll be with us in just a couple weeks. And then uh, Audrey Mack, I'm really excited for her in November uh, uh, to be coming. And uh, we're still trying to get Pastor Gary and Pastor Drenda here. They, they want to come. We're trying to get their schedules to mix and work out and all of that. <laughs> and uh, I'm believing even for, for more. How about that? I'm going to start a, a series, and I think this is the Lord confirmed it to me yesterday, so I haven't even talked to PK about this. 
But so many times, and, and her and I have been on the same page. Sometimes you, ever, you get with your spouse and you start saying, she's saying stuff that you've been thinking or you said that day. So that's been happening to us a lot. It's almost like if I have a headache, she'd take an aspirin kind of thing, you know, or whatever. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. So, uh, so much in my mindset, I have, I have held God back in my life because of my thinking. Because I've limited, it's not like God, God is limitless, but who limits him? We do. And so in my thinking, even as a pastor and in this building and in what, you know, I've limited him. I don't want to do that anymore. So I want to start a series just saying, don't hold him back. And, uh, and, and to see what God will do. And we, will, we want to see this place just explode with his presence. Explode with his glory. And, and uh, we're believing that. I'm going to be praying for people at the end of service today. And we're going to see God do some amazing things. We've been talking about believer's authority. We are in week 18 of this. And I have two more weeks after this of this. After this of this. Two more weeks. And uh, I may do another single message in between. Uh, a couple of these times, then we'll start the, uh, the other one that I just told you about. But we're telling the devil, not today, no more. I'm tired of being run roughshod over. I'm tired of uh, putting up with stuff I don't have to put up with. But for years, we thought we had to put up with it. This is part of, this is what we do. Do you know the devil takes stuff away from you, and he, he can't, he does, only because you allow it? Because if we don't know the truth, we can't be free. We can't. Resist him if we're not submitted. And when we get ourselves submitted to the word, we find out, wow, this, this stuff really works. God is not going to do things when he gave you authority to do it. He's not going to do it for you. So in church, we've been taught that. We've been praying to God and begging and pleading for God to do this. And God is like, I've already done what you need. You need to take authority and do it. So we've been talking about that. Matthew 10, 1, when he had called his 12 disciples to him, and I got this highlighted here. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. <clears throat> so God gave us power to cast out demons and to heal all kinds of sickness and diseases. All means all. And I've been at different places where God has used me extensively to cast out demons. I didn't go there saying, I'm your demon caster. It just kind of happened. And it's just part of you just is like, okay, I got to do this because somebody has got to take authority because these things are going to do whatever they want unless somebody tells them they can't. According to that book, they can't. Not if we don't let them. So we have the authority and the power that God gave us. He gave us the power. All means all. That means any sickness, you have authority and power. He already provided for it. Any disease, you have authority and power over that. He already provided for it. Any demonic activity, you have authority and power. He provided for it. If we don't use what he gave us, he's going to say this. I already, I already did that for you. I already gave that to you. If you don't act on it, it's not going to happen. Because God will not do what he has told you to do. Let's look at some examples. Acts 3, 1 through 6, Peter and John went up together to the temple 
At the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So this guy is begging. He's there all the time. Everybody's used to seeing him, and he's begging. That's what he does. Okay. Um, Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms. That's what he normally does. And fixing his eyes on him with, with John, Peter said, so now... I'm just paraphrasing and going, I'm just peeling this back a little. So Peter and John see him. Sometimes we are more aware of things when God brings you into that situation than other times you could just walk by and, like, I didn't even see it. I could be driving in the car, and I'll be like, hey, look at all those deer over there. I have to be careful because the car will go that way too. <laughs> My wife will tell me that, honey, eyes on the road. Eyes on the road. And I'm thinking, my eyes were on the road, but they, they actually were over there. And so I'm, you know. So, but when you're going into a situation, God can give you focus. Like those situations I just told you, I went in there just to pray for students. I went into some of these others, whether they're students or adults. I'm just going to pray. I wasn't, in my mind, I wasn't thinking about uh, casting out uh, evil spirits or anything like that. I'm just like, I just want to pray. I'm just going to pray. Because in church, that's what we do. We just pray, right? But something, sometimes the sergeant of the guard will all of a sudden catch your spirit and say, I've got you here on purpose. There's something else. So they focused, fixing their eyes on him. What John Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention. So you need to understand what Peter's doing. Peter is saying, Okay, I've got you. Look what I'm talking about. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying. So that's what Peter's saying. So the, he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from him. So this guy's thinking the normal. You ever thought the normal? Am I the only one? Come on, somebody. I mean, there's times I have been at the end of my rope. You ever been at the end of your rope? I've been at the end of my rope. What? We started this church, God told us to do it, and we're like, okay, there have been times, and I'm not kidding, I'm not even exaggerating. We have went six, eight weeks, no pay. And trying to figure out, okay, here, here's what we're going to, nobody here knew it, because we weren't telling anybody. But God knew it. And we went, I, I'm, I'm at the end, have you ever, I know you've been, I'm Jason, I know you know what I'm talking about. Bend to the end of my rope, and somebody like, tie a knot and hang on. Shut up. <laughs> hang on yourself. But I told Kim, I said, I'm supposed to go to this men's prayer meeting at Pastor Gary's church this day. She's like, you sure? Because that means I got to drive. That means I got to put some go-go juice in the car. That means we haven't been paid for a long time. That's, you know, that's going to take, what's that going to cost the gas to get down there? So, but she is an incredible woman. She said, honey, if you feel the Lord tells you to do that, you need to go. I wanted her to tell me you're not allowed to go. <laughs> and she said, well, you need to go. So I went. And I'm telling you, I went with the attitude of I was upset. I, I'd love to say that I had a halo over my head and I was, whoo, 
oh, give glory to God, church. Give glory. No, I'm like, I don't even know why I got a drive clear down here. You told me to start this church. Well, nah, nah, nah. I mean, I need some cheese with all my wine. <laughs> so I get down there, and they love me down there. That's great. There were, there were 17 men. This is significant, so I'm just telling you what. 17 men. And I went in there, and I'm like, I will not tell them anything going on. Hey, Pastor Brett, how's it going? Great. I'm kind of like that woman. All is well. It's great. Rhett, your line. No, I'm trying to be like, God, help me be in faith. I'm not trying to pull wool over their eyes. I'm just like, they don't need to know all my stuff. Somebody needs to hear some of that. You don't have to tell everybody all your stuff on Facebook. You just need to get your stuff on Facebook. Sounds like I'm listening, doesn't it? But so I, I wasn't telling him anything. I just said, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, uh-huh. And the guy came up to me. Pastor Gary wasn't there. This is a true story. Guy came up to me and he goes, Pastor Brett, you got a second? Now, we'd been praying and stuff. And, of course, again, I'm not saying anything to anybody. I'm just believing God. Lord, I don't know what you want me to do, but you know what? It's your church. If it's his will, it's his bill, right? So oh, it's your church. So I, he pulls me off the side and he said, I've been talking to the, the couple of the board members here. And uh, we, we feel like we're supposed to take a love offering for you. Now, this is how stupid this is for me. Has anybody ever tried to help you and you refused? I, get, I, I got a T-shirt. I got a sticker and a trophy with that. I said, oh, no. Oh, no. No, I'm, I'm fine. He goes, no, we are, we're supposed to. We've already talked. And so I even go further. Not going to happen. Why not? Pastor Gary's not here. I didn't come here for an offering. I came here to pray with y'all. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to pray with y'all. And he said, that's not going to work. We already called Pastor Gary. And he said, yeah, take up an offering. <laughs> so the guy said, so what are you going to do? You have to take this. And I said, okay. So they went to 17 guys. $2,700. They, I didn't know what, you know, because if you have ethics, you don't really look at anything when they give it to you. You know, you, you kind of, well, because it's awkward. You don't want to go. I, I hate that about birthday parties. You sing happy birthday. Nobody likes the song unless you're a little kid. Don't you just want to do this? I just want everybody to go, happy birthday. And you go, yep, don't sing me the song. I don't want the song. And I don't want to open the presents in front of everybody. Because that's just goofy. So anyway, stuck it away. They prayed with me. We finished the meeting. We hugged. We left. Got out in the car. Pulled the envelope out. I started counting. I was like, there was a check, one check in there was for $1,000. I looked at it, and I looked at it again. And I looked at it again. And, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'll always take care of you. And I called Kim, and I was just a mess. God is so good with $2,700. I don't even know if she could understand what I was saying. She's like, honey, that's so great. But we were able to pay bills. We were able to eat. (laughs) 
The kids never knew it, but God is always good. What are you trying to tell me? You give him your attention. He was expecting to receive something, this guy, just like what he normally did. He wasn't thinking past that. This is what Peter says. I don't have what you're looking for. That's not what I came to give you. What I came to give you, you didn't give me. He gave me, and I'm going to give it to you. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. See, Peter's saying, I don't have what you're... See, sometimes we're looking for something, and you should be looking at something else. We're looking something that man can do, and God uses people. That's true. God always uses people. But what if in this he is saying, I want to show you something in here? Because we're trying to do all these natural reasons. This is why this should work. This is this. I don't have all the reasons. I just had a dream a couple nights ago. And the dream was we were, I was in this auditorium, and, and God was sending people in here, and they, there was a lot of demonic things going on. I don't know why he's wanting to do that with me. But people were getting set free. People were getting healed. I'm okay with that because it's not me. I'm just being used by him. It is me, but it's him. We're looking sometimes for answers in the wrong places. There's a song I used to say about looking for love. In all the wrong places, looking for love. And too. So this is what Peter's saying. This is, I'm, just, I'm paraphrasing all this. This is what Peter's saying. What you want, I'm not giving you what you get all the time. If somebody has pity on you and they give you a sandwich or they give you 50 cents or they give you, he's saying, I'll tell you what I do have. That's what I'm going to give you. And so Peter goes on to say, this is what he's saying. I have the healing power of God. That's what Peter's telling him. It's mine. He gave it to me. And he told me to use it. That's what Peter's telling him. You're looking for this answer. You're looking for something out of my pocketbook. Would you want, do you want to eat for a meal or do you want to eat for life? Peter is saying, I can teach you, I can teach you how you can do this for the rest of your life. I don't have what you're looking. You need to look past that. You need to extend your stakes. You need to see further, go further. You need to expect. And I don't want to hold him down anymore. So Peter is saying this, I have the healing power of God. It's inside me. He gave it to me. He told me to use it. Do you want it? I think Peter just said, Get, come here. And grabs a hold of his hand and pulls him up. Most churches, if we would say, if I would go into a church and say, I have the healing power of God, they'd say, and see ya. Because some churches, they think, you can't get healed anymore. That was way back. It's gone. Not according to the word, it's not. Now, Peter wasn't saying he was the source of the power. He just said he had the power. That's important for you to know. He's not saying he created the power. He's not saying it generates. I mean, it's all in him. And he's, the, he's not saying I'm the source. He's saying I have it, though. Let's keep going. Matthew 3, 7 and 8. They took him by the right hand, lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. 
So he, leaping up, stood, walked into the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. Notice what isn't in this account. (laughs) What isn't there? Peter didn't pray and ask God to heal him. He didn't say, okay, let's have this meeting. Oh, God, merciful God of all heavens. He didn't go into any of that. He declares that the gift that he has, God gave him, and then he acts on that gift. He reaches out, grabs him, pulls him up. The man immediately, now this, you got to understand, he couldn't walk from birth, but strength comes to his legs and his ankles. And I'm sure there was some snapping and popping and, and all of that. Peter just did what he had authority to do. And that's why so many of us don't see fruit. We don't see deliverance. We don't see prosperity. Because we don't believe and act on the word. We don't have the faith. We, we ask, we just keep going around that Fred Flintstone window. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. God is saying, I've already done it. I've already done it. We're asking God to do it, and he gave us authority to do it. You have power over all sickness, disease, and demons. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resisting isn't just words. Resisting is everything in you. It's not just, oh, okay, no. This is about your body language. This is about your mindset. This is about what you do. We talked about that last week. In everything, we need to resist the enemy. We don't want to be saying one thing and doing another. Because James says a double, uh, if we speak out of both sides of our mouth and we're double-minded, we get nothing, nada, zip, zero. And we don't see fruit from our prayers because we're believing this on Sunday. But on Monday, we are not living like what we're believing and saying on Sunday. 220 of James do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So you got to use action. you got to believe what you say and put action with it. Use your body like a weapon. Do what your words are speaking. Peter just did what the Spirit told him. He didn't, he didn't mince words. He didn't do whatever. He just did what the Spirit told him. <clears throat> I'm blessed I feel honored that God would use me to heal people. It's his power. You need to understand that. The cool thing is, it's at my disposal. It could be yours as well. Because he gave that authority to all of us. If I say I have the power to heal, some people get bent out of shape. You're too proud. I'm not, it's not my power. I'm just the jumper cables. I'm just hooked to the source. It works on my initiation. Remember I talked about a police officer? If I, had, if I could do a really good Barney Fife, I'd do it right about here. <laughs> Where's my boy? <laughs> you know, you can have somebody like a Barney Fife that's just like 130 pounds soaking wet with all his clothes on. And he's got a badge on. And he can go and stand in the road. And an 18-wheeler, he can go... That the truck is going to stop because he's got a badge, he's wearing a uniform, and he's got his hand out or he's got his whistle. So he is acting on the authority given to him. Does he? Could he physically? He, if that eighteen wheeler wanted to run him over, Barney's not going to stop it. He might think, 
but he's not going to stop it. He just has the authority. That's how it is with you. Use your authority by speaking, by acting, by believing, by agreeing, not doubting. Remember the stories in the Bible, the crowds just had to get a they just had to touch Jesus. The Bible says that they thronged him. I've never used that word. I've only seen it in the Bible. They thronged him. In other words, the only thing I can get that is if you've ever seen an Elvis concert or a Michael Jackson or the Beatles or you've ever seen any of that footage where people are just like, ah! and they just go nuts. They just want to touch him. And sometimes some people touch him and they just go, oh. that's what Kim used to do to me all the time. <laughs> Happened all the time, three, four times a day. <laughs> people have, really no <laughs> but i mean you know you kind of get that and and so uh, let me let, let, let me even go a little further say if you're you were a well-known evangelist well let me let me just say this how many used to watch benny hinn you ever seen benny hinn benny hinn back in the i don't see him as much now he's still ministering um my wife says his son's got a, a church in florida and Benny attends there, and he still ministers there. Mallory was just knee-high to a grasshopper. She watched Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn would pray over people. You, you Remember him? He's got the accent. He'd be, what's happening, John? Well, uh, Pastor, these people, you know, and he'd tell you, and Benny would come up and go, and the people, and they just kind of drag him out of the way, bring him somebody else. You know, so Mallory, she saw that, and she thought, well, if I pray for people, she'd go up and pray for him, and then she'd go, fall down. <laughs> You're supposed to fall down. You know, just, well, my, my point is if, if you were into another country and, and somebody recognized you and they're like, oh, that's that healing evangelist. And they're, oh, I've got this problem. If I can just get, if I can just touch him, maybe I'll get healed. If the guy's worth his salt or the lady's worth his salt, they're going to say things like, you know what? That, that's on me, but it's not me. It's him on me. Do you understand what I'm saying? They really don't want the person. They want what the person carries. Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. And they said they were taking palm branches. And they were, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were throwing them down. They were taking their outer cloaks. And they were laying it down so the donkey, as they carried Jesus, could walk across. They weren't trying to get, you know, they weren't trying to pet the donkey. They were wanting what the donkey was carrying. You are carrying what people need, the presence of God. Get it? You are human, you're a man or woman, but you have God inside you if you're a believer. It's the God in you. If somebody says, Brett, because of your ministry, it's changed my entire life, or this or that, or TLC has done this, You'll probably hear us say, well, man, just thank God for that. Give the glory to God. And that's good to say that. Sometimes we might just say, well, well, thank you. Because if they've been around long enough, they know it's not me. I might be used of him, but it didn't, you know. It's him. It's just the Lord. You be led of the Lord. Back to Peter and John. They did what they were told to do. They've been given authority, and you and I have that same authority. But demonstration is needed on your part. If you believe it will come to pass, 
you will have whatever you say. Isaiah 45, 11, thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. You command me. God is saying, you command me. Now, that's not saying that we can just tell, hey, God, do the dishes. God, get over here and do the yard. I'm commanding you. That's not what he's talking about. We're not commanding. We can't make God do anything. We are using the power he gave us. And God is saying, I want you to use that. He has already done his part. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Why did he say it's finished? Did he say, it's pretty close. I might have to do this again. He didn't say anything. He just said it's done. It's finished. The price was paid. He's done all that was needed for you to succeed. He's not going back to the cross again. He died once and for all, for all of mankind. He doesn't want any to perish. He had to go to get the keys from hell and rise from the dead. But his earthly ministry, as far as at Calvary, it was done then. Here's some radical statements. But I want you to hang with me because I'll explain them. They're kind of radical. So just by saying this, he's not healing today. He's not saving today. He's not delivering people today. That's right and wrong. In other words, he's already done it. So you need to grab on the other side of what I'm saying. He's still doing it, yes, but he's using you and I to do it. He's not going back to Calvary again to reestablish it. It's already been established. So if you need healing, he's not going to say, oh, i got to do this. I left this part out. That's not happening. Nothing has been left out. It's already done. So he has already established it. It's already finished. That's why Jesus said it's finished. It is up to us now to walk in authority and power, believe we receive what was already done, put our hand to it, help me, and we'll get to where we want to go with God is leading the way. You have to reach out and take it. He honors your free will, and he's not going to force himself and his blessings on you. He won't do it against your will. He's asking us to command him to release him in our lives. you got to reach out. You're receiving what he has already done. There are laws that govern electricity and how it works. If I went over here and flipped on switches and the lights come on, not because I am the source of the power, but because the electric company that generates it They have made it accessible in this house. We have wired it. We've tied it into wherever that line comes in around, and so we are able to flip the switch. It is at our discretion and disposal. If I wanted it dark in here, I could just tell the sound team, turn all the lights out, and the lights would go out. Turn all the lights on. The lights would go on. So I have a covenant with the electric company. If we have electric here... They are providing it. We have to just do what we're supposed to do to keep it going. Do you understand? That's how that works. We decide when it's going to be turned on and when it isn't. And when I lived at home, there was a campaign going out when I was a kid. How many remember Kilowatt? Anybody? I remember that. My dad worked for the gas company, but he liked to kilowatt. If we... He didn't want to come home and find the house lit up like, you know, Vegas if we didn't need it. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you still got to pay for that. And he's, and I know this, and he knew that. I wasn't paying for it. You know, when we're kids, we don't even think about that. We leave the refrigerator open, freezer open. Ah, turn on every light in the house. Who cares? Well, you're not even paying for it. So he would be like, uh, if we don't need this on, turn it off. And I'm I, trying to understand as a, just a child growing up, well, what makes the difference? Well, the difference is if it's off, it doesn't cost me anything. If you need it, use it. But if you don't need it, don't use it. If you do nothing, nothing happens. You have to flip the switch. If I was having a party at my house, I'd call the electric company and beg them, please, turn on my lights, my stove. We're having people over. They're not going to come and turn on the power. They've already done it. It's up to us. We've already connected with it. You turn on your own switch. I've had people come and say, Brett, I need you to come. I need you to come and walk through my house. I need you to pray and walk. I can go do that, but I'm going to leave too. It's your house. You have the authority. Go through your house. Walk through it. Take charge over your house. It's at your command on when you use the provided power. Got it? You have to command the power of God. You're not the source. You're not generating it. You can't manipulate it. He's already done. He's already put it there. But you have to command it. It's at your disposal. Take authority and command the power of God to flow. Speak and release it. It's, we've talked about how important your words are and how your faith is tied to those words. A lot of us will believe God can do anything. I do. I just don't believe he's going to do it for me. You know how many people tell me that? He'll do it for you. He won't do it for me. According to this, he says he's no respecter of persons. You know the difference between me and you? I believe and you're not. That's just as easy as I can tell you. It's not happening. It's not because he won't do it. It's not happening because you won't do it. Get it? If we don't get what we want, we beg. I used to try that with my mom. You know why they put candy right before you go to the checkout? Because the cashiers need entertainment. That's why. My mom, I could beg. It wasn't going to happen. I would try and try and try. And after a while, I just got myself in trouble. You know, she had already told me, you better just stop. You keep going pretty soon. Not good. Then if it gets real bad, David, I wish I had shut up a long time ago. <laughs> But God has already done his part. The power has already been released. He's already provided the power. Are you going to flip the switch? I have people tell me this. Well, that works for adults. It doesn't work for college students or, or teens. Where's that? It, it'll, it'll work for my grandson, Arrow, if he believes. I mean, that's how the law works. Are you going to command God's hand to move? God, I thank you. And so instead of the situation and praying in a general way, get specific. Remember last week, Pastor Kim said her right foot was bothering her. And I said to her, I said, which foot? Because she was saying, pain, you go. And I said, which foot? She said, right. Because 
what I'm trying to do? Why shoot it with a shotgun? Let's get a rifle. Let's narrow this thing. Let's just, this is what's happening. Speak to what you, what's going on right now. Speak to that condition. Speak to that. I had to do it last night. I was mowing the yard. Got stung on my foot three times by a hornet. Oh, happy days are here again. I slapped it and he was stuck to my foot. I had to peel the little booger off. So all night and still right now, it itches. I kind of almost want to do an Elvis. But I, was, I spent most of the night last night, couldn't hardly sleep, because like during the day, you're busy. But at night, you're laying there and your foot's going, scratch me. Oh, help me, Jesus. But you know what? I just started claiming. I started believing. I started speaking. I started flipping the switch. I speak to my right foot. I command that itching to stop in Jesus' name. Lord, I will get some sleep tonight, and I thank you for it. And I did get some sleep. Now, sometimes it takes me a little while because I wish I'd have started that when I started. But I was, I was being general. So I'm teaching you this because of the mistakes I've made. So just so you know, if you're like, I, I can't do it like you do, I don't do it right all the time. I'm just showing you the Lord, you got to speak to it. You got to talk to the mountain. That was my mountain last night. As far as I'm concerned, it's healed. That itching has no choice but to leave. You might say, Brett, is it that simple? Are you kidding me? Yes, it's simple. It's just not easy. Does that make sense? You have to believe it. In the middle of all of that stuff, squirrel. That's what it seems like, isn't it? But you have to focus like Peter and John. Bam. Because the enemy is going to go, squirrel. You know why? Because he doesn't want the word to be firmly planted for you to focus, put it to use, and that's what happens. You will uproot whatever's going on and cast it, and you'll be done with it. It's simple. It's just not easy. You have to believe it. Speak. Expect results. Do not doubt. That's your belief system. And you can live like that. See, our problem we talked about last week is we don't always live like that. We say it, but then we live differently. And our body and our inner spirit gets confused because we're saying one thing, and then sometimes we want it, well, now, am I supposed to believe now? Because you said this yesterday, and you... We want to see results all the time. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Some of this takes time. We're all works in progress. Me too. So the way I, for me to act out all of this as I live it and speak it, it takes time. One day it'll be second nature. It just happens. You just do it. It isn't always instant overnight. Sometimes it's like the light comes on and you go, I get it. I get it. And then, then, you know, you see it and you get fruit from it. And then you're telling yourself, please don't forget it. Please don't forget it. How did, I, how did that happen last time? And so, you know, you have to, you just rehearse it. Renew your mind and heart, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. 
well, Brett, I don't get it. Why doesn't it seem to work for some? Well, I explained it. I'm just saying I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But maybe their heart isn't established in it. They know it's true. It just isn't inside yet. It's just head knowledge. You ever had like, I know what I'm supposed to do. It's like being on a diet. I know I shouldn't eat 16 Twinkies. I know it. I know I shouldn't, but they have a great shelf life. And I don't think God would want me to waste that. And we make it work. It's just head knowledge. Some of us just visit spiritual things on occasion. Now, I know I feel like I'm meddling, but I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just I'm trying to just help you because I need it, too. So in other words, I can't just be a Sunday Christian or a, a Christmas Christian or an Easter Christian. I need to be a Christian seven days a week, 24-7. I need to get that where it's just second nature, where I'm walking with God. I'm talking with God. I'm, I'm asking him. I'm, I'm seeing him. I'm feeling his presence. Something happens, I pray for it. If your gaslight ever come on in your car, I've asked God, God, I thank you. I speak to my gas right now. Help me get to the station. Anybody do that but me? Sometimes I don't even look at the gauge, and then all of a sudden it goes, boom. Charles used to have a car that talked to you. He did. I mean, he was showing me his car one time, and it said, the door is ajar. Wow. And then we were in the car one time, and I think it said, your fuel is low. Wow. I wanted to go, let me say to you a few things, Mr. Car. (laughs) My car doesn't talk to me. It just, boom, and I'm like, oh, I forgot to get gas. And then I'm somewhere, and I have 20-some miles to go before I can even find a station. I don't know what you do. I start speaking. You know, and I think God is probably up there. I'm entertainment for heaven. He's probably up there going, oh, Brett. Hey, guys, look at him. (laughs) But I'm just like, okay, Father, thank you. I thank you for getting me to the next station. I thank you, God, that you will help that. I thank you. I had one time, this true story, I had my car, the light went on. No one's home. The light went on. And I spoke, and I just believed God. I quit looking at my gas gauge, and I had a ways to go. And this has been years ago. And I looked back up, and my gauge was up to a quarter of a tank. Now, I don't even know how it got there. I don't know. You know, then I start thinking, well, maybe the gauge was stuck, and it finally went up. But the fuel light thingy came on, the little gas picture. And I just forgot. But I don't know if the Holy Ghost just said... But I got to the station, it all worked. See, we got to use this as a lifestyle. God, I want to be who I'm supposed to be for you all the time. Some of us just do devotions once a week. Or I, I read my Bible today, so that qualifies me for, can I tell you, God loves you whether you read your Bible ever. If you don't do anything right, he's not going to love you less. And he won't love you more. He loves you endless because everything that was needed he paid for you don't have to do it you need to understand that's why this is so important his will is your will i want to do it because i love him he's not going to make me do it i choose to do it she stays with me because she chooses to She loves me, right? (laughs) Just testing you guys. But that's the the whole deal. That's how this, 
God's not going to force you. You have to choose him. So when you honor him by, I'm going to read his word because that word is life and it's health to all my flesh. I'm going to apply that word then. I'm going to start speaking that word. I'm going to walk that way. I want that in my life. I don't want to live like the world most of the time and then just like God when I'm in trouble. And we've seen that. Maybe we've all done that. That's not the way you should live. That's why you're struggling with fruit. Because your body is seeing two different things. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. You're battling. You're not consistent with the word of God. James 1, 6, and 8. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. He who doubts is like a wave driven tossed by the wind. Let that man suppose that he'll receive anything from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You see, we train our heart to believe in the power of words and what we say. We don't see results, but we really do. Because if we're not living consistently, we're seeing the results. We're seeing fruit. I heard a leader one time say, okay, what is your, uh, I don't know what we'd call them, plans. Or what's the ways when you do stuff? Uh, Say it again. Um, well, kind of like goals, but it was um, things that you set in place if you were doing ministry or whatever you're doing. And, and so the person said, well, uh, I, don't, I don't have any. And this is what they replied, yes, you do. And they're like, no, we don't. Y- yes, you do, because you're getting the fruit from what you, you either do or don't do. It is what you have established, what you're doing or what you're not doing. Double-mindedness, we get nothing. If we think one thing, we act another, we get nothing. Most, uh, a lot of us live on a roller coaster, up and down. That's our mindset. Words we say aren't important, but when we start speaking with authority, then we wonder why things aren't happening the way they should. It's because we're sending a double message. Be consistent. I'm almost finished here. <clears throat> I found that healing always comes according to the word of God. It's just up to us to receive it. The word says in Mark 16, 17, and 18, these signs will follow. It doesn't say might follow, should follow, could follow. Part of the time follow, it says they will. In my name, they will cast out. And it goes on, demons, they'll speak with new tongues, take up serpents, they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My, this, is my, this is just the way I do now. If I pray for people, I believe they're, they're healed. They're going to recover. Whatever the answer is, sometimes they receive it later. Sometimes they receive it then. That's not my deal. You get it? My deal is to do what he's called me to do because I have what he gave me, and I want to use what he gave me. It's done in Jesus' name. I'm here to tell you today miracles are coming. Things are going to be happening. There's a process, though. 1 John 3, 18 and 19. Uh, Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. We know that we are the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. This is just saying it doesn't automatically happen all the time. Your heart needs assurance. It needs convincing. So sometimes it is just you doing the right thing over and over again. Um, you know, I was on a diet one time and I lost, uh, 65 pounds in four months or so. And, um, 
but the, the amount of food I had to eat, I could have been on Survivor or something. <laughs> My wife is like, honey, I don't care if you're eating pizza or mac and cheese every time you eat. If you only eat enough about the size of your thumb, you're going to lose weight. Because I wasn't eating hardly anything. And I get it. I understand. But the, what was happening was it was consistently, I was not eating a lot. So weight just said, oh, can't stay here. <laughs> So, I mean, you have to just be consistent. Time sometimes is needed to overcome negative mindsets, to renew your mind. So that you, and you you have to get that from God. You know what your mountain is. You know what you're facing. So then ask God, speak to that mountain specifically. Renew your mind specifically. John, 1 John 3, 20 and 21, our heart condemns us. God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, our heart does not condemn us if we have confidence towards God. So we believe we receive when we pray. We have confidence in that. That's in Mark eleven twenty four. 24. It says when we do that, we'll have them. God has given us authority that is released through our words and through our actions. We've studied that. So putting all this to work and not doubting, no unbelief in our heart, flip the switch. I'll do what God's telling me to do. I'm not commanding God to do something that he gave me to do. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. He's already provided for it through the sacrifice of Jesus. So don't take that out of context. You're not going to tell God you can't order God around. He has things that are in place. You can't do anything contrary to Scripture. Churches have did name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and all those kind of things. We're not about that. You just be who God wants you to be. You have freedom, but it's in a framework of the Word of God. So you can work in that framework because it's a safe framework. You can't control people and their free will. You know that. But you can ask for them to be able to see, like scales from their eyes. And God, you know, you can do things like that. Release God's power and authority, and you will start seeing supernatural things. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want to see God do all of these wonderful things. I want to see people free. Now, we have communion. Did everybody get uh, their communion stuff. Don't know. We're going to do that in a second, but I'm going to pray. We're going to do uh, communion, and then I'm going to uh, uh, come down and. Yes, what I'm about to do. That's what I was saying. <laughs> so, this is what's really important about this. We want to do things God's way, right? The Bible says that if we do this, Unworthily, In other words, you know, right now it's 1139. So it's all getting towards lunchtime. And so we're not just taking communion because you're hungry. If you've looked at the wafer in there, if that's what's filling you up, you... Yeah, yeah. It's not for that. And the Bible addresses that. It says, then we don't want to do it unworthily. It tells us if we have something against someone... Leave it at the altar. Go make that right and then come back. Because this is important. Because what communion represents is everything Jesus did that we've just been talking about. What he did, that sacrifice on the cross, that's big stuff. Nothing ever has to be done again because of that. So you are recognizing that. And so when we take communion, we're saying we remember what he did. And these other things, we are putting that under that. 
So would you close your eyes and bow your, bow your heads, please?